opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this before. You know, Wobbles, I'm kind of mad at you. And as a reasonable man, I'm willing to do whatever's necessary to find a peaceful solution to these problems. Okay, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Punching Up Movie Podcast, where two long-standing friends and movie lovers take a movie that is either a classic, a cult classic, or just simply loved by a lot of people, which one or both of us have an issue with, and try and punch it in the face, the body, or even the nuts. And so what we're going to do today is uh, we're going to take on a classic of action cinema, 1993's hard-boiled John Woo's balletic ballet of cops and gangsters in Hong Kong. So, Damien, uh, would you like to give us a um, breakdown of the plot of Hard Boiled, such as it is? Yep. Uh, so, Hard Boiled, or Latsao Santam, or God of Guns, which is probably a better title, um, it's a Hong Kong thriller from 92, 93. Um, a rogue policeman, Tequila, played by Chow Yun Fat, does his does things his own way, and that usually ends up with people dying, lots of people dying. He teams up with an undercover cop, Alan, played by Tony Leung Choi Wai, uh, to bring down psychopathic gangster Johnny Wong, played with menace and pastel-coloured suits by Anthony Wong. It's, as Adam said, balletic, kinetic, and it has a violent aesthetic that had never been seen before. I mean, why use one bullet when you can use 200? Um, one of the quotes the superintendent says about the main character, Tequila, is give a guy a gun and he's Superman, give him two and he's God. Lots of guns, lots of action sequences, and John Woo's calling cards to Hollywood. Mm. So, um, the making of Hard Boiled. Um, hard, hard Boiled, it's fair to say that at this point in John Woo's career, he'd, he'd had a bit of a he had a bit of a sort of slow start. He made films in the seventies. I don't think a lot of them had made a lot of impact. He even worked with Jackie Chan in the, in the early part of his career, and then in, in, in the eighties, you know, in in conjunction with the sort of legendary um, uh, Hong Kong producer Choi Chewy Choi Hark Choi Choi. <laughs> Apologies to all our uh, listeners in mainland China and Hong Kong <laughs> for mangling. Possibly yeah. one of the greatest producers of, of, of uh, you know, sort of Hong Kong action movies. Name. I'm just going to call him Mr. Hawk from this point on. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, Mr. Hawk produces uh, a run of uh, gangster movies that reinvigorate the, the genre. And so, um, John Woo creates, along with Mr. Hawk, I think what they call. Um, heroic bloodshed movies, bullet ballets as various sort of ways of describing them, which are largely stories of honourable gangsters um, and their sort of like sort of shadow um, counterparts in the law. Yeah, they're normally a lot about gangsters who have these uh, sort of honourable sort of frenemy relationships with uh, cops uh, and they're normally united come together to fight a common evil in terms of an unscrupulous gangster. There's a lot of honour in them. Uh, most of them star Chow Yun-Fat, who uh, John Woo sort of basically plucked from sort of TV, soap opera, actordom, and, and made him, you know, a, a movie star. And, and, and they're sort of typified by um, 
you know, sort of a mixture of frenetic action, slow motion, lots of slow motion gunplay, uh, two-handed gunplay. That's a big signature, you know, like two automatic pistols um, and, 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 yeah. and sort of kind of quasi-acrobatic sort of stunts, you know, like guys. He likes, he likes kind of, he likes his, his, his uh, protagonist sliding down banisters, sliding across the floor. He likes... Um, I was about to say he likes three ways. <laughs> he likes Mexican standoffs. I don't. He, he may have done off offset. Um, I think John Woo was a very morally upright guy. Actually, I think yeah. he was a Lutheran. Um, so probably yeah. none of that. And um, and 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 so there was a string of string of hits that included, um, you know, uh, Better Tomorrow, Better Tomorrow Two, A Bullet to the Head, and sort of kind of reaches its apex uh, in The Killer, and and then off the back of these movies. Um, he he's, he faces criticism, doesn't he, about about glorifying gangsters, and so he wants to put a cop front and center of the of the movie, and he sort of bases him this cop that Chow Yun Fat plays on a real cop that he knew who, who loved jazz. He was a jazz drummer. Presumably, he, he he didn't kill loads of people as many people in real life as Chow Yun Fat does in this film. Damien, did you know what the original idea for the the, the original plot idea for Hard Boiled was? Just nothing no. like what we see on film. Because what he wanted to do, John Woo, is he wanted to um, emulate the cop films of the 60s and 70s, like like Bullet and, and Dirty Harry in particular. That's and, right, yeah, Dirty Harry. Yeah, and in Dirty Harry, obviously, it's a duel between you know a cop who's frustrated with the rules that are constraining him and a psychopathic serial killer. And in this, it was like the cop tequila versus a murderer that killed children by poisoning baby powder. And that, that was that was the original idea. Nice. Choi Hart basically kind of he buries that because no Americans. Funnily enough, because Americans won't like that. Hong Kong people are obviously all right with like you know baby killing murderers, but not not Americans. And so effectively, a few things a few things happen that are kind of com- a complete sort of just disjuncture to the way we normally expect films to be made. Like they shoot the opening gunfight without actually basically having a plot. They shoot it first and then think, well, how are we going to graph this into the rest of the the story? And then they just come up with, I suppose, a more generic sort of, um, you know, maverick cop, you know, who forms a connection with a, a hitman in the gang he's trying to bring down. And the hitman isn't all he seems. And then they're looking for this arm stash and and, and they and they shoot they shoot the film um, basically without a script because the, 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 the screenwriter Barry Wong dies of a heart attack mm. in Germany. They run into production problems because they have to pay triads off to use certain buildings. Um, the big set piece, which is a half-hour gun battle, um, I think it's longer than that. I did time it. I've read that it's half an hour. They, they filmed in a Coca-Cola plant, um, and they were working around the clock um, and uh, exhausting their crew. And Tony Lung, in a in, in, in one particular bit of action choreography, Gets gets glass in his face. They don't even put sugar glass in. They're blasting out real glass. He gets a bunch of glass in his face. Is taken to hospital. Comes back a week later. Resumes shooting, and then and then they turn in this this movie that actually, considering its reputation as John Woo's best um, best sort of Hong Kong action movie, doesn't do that well commercially yeah. in Hong Kong. It does all right, and and then they release it in America in the Toronto International Film Festival and the audiences just do backflips for it. And that and that and that warrants not a massive release in America, but a limited cinema release, which is the beginning of this 
cult reputation that builds and builds and builds. And um, John Woo was probably like, I think he was, I think he was already on his way to America, but this kind of cemented his reputation. And he came to America and he had a decade and a bit long run of just being the go-to guy for action, you know, and, and so everyone works with him really. So, he, you know, he, he starts off his American career with, um, yeah, sort of reasonably um, big budget for Van Damme, Van Damme movie, and then moves on to working with like John Travolta twice in Broken Arrow and Face Off, where Face Off is the one everybody remembers, and then Nicolas Cage a couple of times in Face Off and Wind Talkers, and then and then just lands the big fish of doing the Mission Impossible sequel. Um, he has two massive hits and a lot of commercial failures, and then sort of retreats to Hong Kong in the noughties. Um, so Choi Hark um, didn't produce Hard Boiled. So Choi yeah. Hark and John Woo, they were producing films for a while until uh, I think A Better Tomorrow 2, um, where they fell out on artistic creative differences. So then um, John Woo went off to make The Killer and Choi Hark made A Better Tomorrow 3. So right. at that point, they sort of, uh, they did a little distance. So Ch Choi, Choi Hark might, might have approved of the baby powder murder. Probably. Yeah, we might, have had, so. we might have had a completely different. Yeah, yeah he's got quite. He's quite wild, isn't he? Like Choi Hawk, yeah. you know. So he probably yeah, would. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he, yeah. Because he, he did. He did. Um, once upon a no, he didn't do. Yeah, no, he did the once upon a yeah, time. once upon a time in China. China movies. That was the one I was exactly. thinking of. Chinese ghost story movies with the um, you know, with the where, where a man has a fight with a giant tongue. Brilliant, isn't he? You know. So so, so if he's if he's all right with that, like he's going to be okay with poisoning babies. Yeah, in, in poison baby powder. When it comes out in America, it, it, you know, people just go go crazy, and, and in England as well, they go crazy. And, and, and there's, and I've sort of assembled a load of quotes. John Woo is God. <laughs> that's that's one. A load of quotes. That that was that was a sort of that was a sort of publicity quote that was on. I remember those. I remember those posters in Chinatown. Um, Tarantino, the most exciting director to emerge in action cinema since Sergio Leone, completely cutting out Peck and Bar. Uh, Sam Raimi, John Woo is to action what Hitchcock is to suspense. BBC Two moving pictures, uh, uh, Mozart, the Mozart of mayhem, uh, and then <laughs> Empire. Nice, I just seem, I don't really because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's true. And um, Empire just absolutely loved him, and and so M Empire. This is from the Empire Review. Infinitely more exciting than a dozen diehards. Action cinema doesn't come any better than this. And then to cap it all, as if uh, they haven't made their point clear, I I'm not sure when they did this poll. Uh, uh, it's number 70 in the 100 best films of world cinema. And then Tequila is number 33 in the 100 greatest movie characters of all time. So what do I have against uh, Hard Boiled, which is admittedly an incredibly entertaining action film? is all these superlatives used about um, John Woo that seem to elevate him above, you know, every other action director, you know, apart from Sergio Leone, if you're Tarantino. And, and, my, and my issue with John Woo, and particularly, say, Hard Boiled, is that there's too much action in it. Can you have enough action in an action movie? And I think you can have too much. And action fatigue sets in after a while to the point where you get a little bit numb to these incredibly long, intricately choreographed action sequences because they are underscored by what Bruce Lee would call emotional content. 
And John Woo's version of characterization is that very cartoonish and simplistic. You have these two cops, Tequila, who I have to say, and I like Chow Yun Fat, is so annoying. He's 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 like this wild guy always shouting at his boss. I think well, I've seen that mm. in a thousand. Um, he's a borderline sociopath, which is never addressed. Every gun battle he initiates results in the slaughter of like about 50 civilians, which if they sort of played it for laughs would be great, but it's sort of not commented upon. And then Tony Leung, who I actually think is very, very good in this film, his psychological motivation is reduced really to, and he's more, I don't want to sort of spoil who or what he is, um, or, or you're just waving your hand, you're, you're going to spoil it, is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, he's I mean, a cop, like, yeah. yeah, he's, a, he's <laughs> an undercover cop, but he's an undercover cop who seems to have a, a little bit more liberty in establishing his cover by killing people. So he's, you know, and so that's part of his, that's part of his psychological motivation, but it seems to be reduced to this one thing where every time he kills someone, he makes a paper crane, releases it to kind of, to, of absolve him of his guilt or to honor the dead. <laughs> and and I think John Woo's films work emotionally on a very, very cartoonish, sort of childish level, which wouldn't be so bad if he didn't cite um, great filmmakers as influences like you know he, he, he cites Jean-Pierre Melville and you can see that in the way his characters dress but not so much in in hard-boiled but you know his characters wear trench coats like Alain Delon would wear a trench coat as a suit of armor they're infused with a sense of honor but there's nothing of the kind of existential complexity of a sort of a, of a, of a Jean-Pierre Melville and Jean-Pierre Melville would never shoot a shootout. Like his, his shootouts are terse, they're quick, they're over very quickly. And I suppose what really, really bugs me is is the is is the sort of invocations of Peckinpah. And the only thing I think that that he's got in common with Peckinpah is he knows how to shoot the slow motion action sequences. But if you watch any good Peckinpah movie, and did you know that Tequila is a direct homage to the Wild Bunch, the name of Tequila, because apparently it's about the way William Holden drank his tequila in the wild bunch but the wild bunch which i do mention a lot on these podcasts is a very very i'm joking i'm joking just talking about the wild bunch just me talking for about 10 minutes solid it's about packing power in the wild bunch the thing about packing power the thing about any packing power movie is it's so difficult to come down like completely morally on on where these characters stand because they are complex sometimes unpleasant sometimes honorable and and and, and you know and, and the action sequences sort of frame these incredible um kind of morally ambiguous morally sort of deliberately confused messy portraits of professional killers or or you know i don't think they're any yeah they're all they're all killers criminals outlaws cowboys and whatnot and john woo doesn't do any of that and, and i think it actually makes his films kind of paradoxically quite boring sometimes not always but to have so much action and so much cartoonish characterization you feel you're just watching this massive cartoon and i would really enjoy this gunfight if it was two minutes long rather than 20 minutes long so i've just i've just sort of expiated all yeah. my spleen yeah. Okay. <laughs> about John Sit in the corner I, for a minute. Take take a second. Yeah, Let yeah, yeah. A I'm little gonna, I'll catch my breath. <laughs> yeah, go on, Damien. Talk, so, please talk. So, um, as far as your points about uh, John Woo being elevated to um, uh, the heights of uh, genius and Mozart and God, uh, I don't care about all that. That's just hyper, hyper 
hyperbole that that um that writers people, uh, yeah. use all the time you know which he, he, he never that. says about himself by the way he never he never says anything about that so he's a very humble man i like i like him as a man yeah same thing about the lists i don't care about that they're just lists yeah. they don't really mean anything to me it's about for me it's about the experience of watching the film yeah. and what i feel not not necessarily in comparison to other films but just how i feel watching this so when it came out in 92 i was a massive fan I bought the video box set um, of it. I, I think it's disappeared now, but um, I loved it, loved it. Um, enjoyed The Killer, uh, not, but really enjoyed Hard Boiled. I, I feel like Hard Boiled is like the apex, as you said, of all his Hong Kong thrillers. And what I liked about it, what I still like about it, is it represents a time in Hong Kong cinema where you've gone from gong fu to gun fu so yeah. you're you're basically um there was so much uh kung fu films uh the all the jackie chan yuan biao um samo hong films coming off the back of all the bruce lee stuff and the 70s and 80s the michelle yo uh, i loved all those films a lot of them you know i was a a big i'd watched a lot of those in my teens so when this came out um in my early 20s it was it represented kind of like how Reservoir Dogs elevated the sort of police um, gangster, the, the gangster film as far as American cinema did. It was very different. It came out around the same time, right? Was it 92? Mm. I think both of them. I think it's 93. Um, yeah. And uh, Reservoir Dogs was famously based on Kubrick's The Killing and also Ringo Lamb's City on Fire, which I just watched uh, in this little bubble of Chinese cinema uh, around Hard Boiled. I just like it historically. I like the fact that it really did something that had never really been done before in the way that it was done. Yes, Peckinpah had done slow motion violence before, but I just don't think we'd ever seen anything so visceral, so kinetic, so unrelenting, which, you know, obviously you've got a problem with. Yes, the, the characters are slightly um, cartoon-esque, I heard that Chow Yun-Fat wanted to humanise his character a little bit more, so he suggested the jazz club and suggested that uh, John Woo play the jazz club owner in order for those scenes to remain in the film because he thought John Woo was not going to cut himself out of the film. John Woo was also in A Better Tomorrow, so so he had like a couple of little but, acting But the ones. jazz is so bad, though. It's like yeah, real. Of course, it's like of course. It's, it's the, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. It's, uh, it's like the, only, the, the jazz. The jazz doesn't add anything to it. The jazz actually makes it slightly more kind of clunky. I'm not saying it does. I'm not saying it yeah. does. I'm saying yeah. that Chow Yun Fat it's wanted like, to add. Bilk. It's like it's like it's like the only jazz yeah. person they've listened to is Aka Bilk, and, right? They, they haven't heard of Miles Davis. And also, there's there's all like Chow Yun Fat's yeah. doing all this sort of like head bobbing. It's, it's almost like he's in the fast show jazz, yeah. you know, like cool jazz. Um, but we did get to see John Woo uh, act a little bit more than uh, normal, which was quite nice. Uh, he's all right. He's a pretty. He's pretty good in it. He's a pretty good. Yeah, actor. I thought he was quite good. Very muted and very yeah. uh, non-acting, which I, you know I kind of like. Um, I Chow Yun Fat's character Tequila is an annoying. Um, is a bit of a sort of whiny doing it doing it himself. But I think you. To, a, to an extent, you have to just, just leave all that behind, just enjoy the cartoon-esque, uh, graphic novel-y, co comic book type style. For me, uh, is um, is what I enjoyed <laughs> about it. I'd never really seen anything like that before, and it definitely exploded 
uh, action cinema in a way at that time into a way that had never really been seen before. That yeah, no, I, no I, I agree with that. And you know, you couldn't you couldn't come across a nineties American action movie without guys having two guns and and Mexican standoffs and and um, and and doves as well. That's another thing that. Uh, but but I was I was yeah. Like were there any doves in? Sorry. Oh. I think I think there might be there's briefly I know there's lots of doves in the in the in the in the in the killer. killer. Yeah. Um I remember, I remember there's, there's I think there's, there's doves in in face off. Uh he has doves in. He has a shootout in a church. He's he's kind of playing the hits a little bit in face off, I think. Are there any doves in hard boiled? I think there's one. I think there's a pigeon or picture. something. There's a, there's a dove. The picture of a dove and there's lots of paper cranes. But no, I think I think there might be a dove. I think there's one. I think there's a pigeon picture. or something. There's a, there's a dove, the picture of a dove, and there's lots of paper cranes. But no, I think I think there might be a dove that um, that sort of flies by in the there's a there's a kind of warehouse shootout with lots of um, uh, motorcycles. No, but I, but I, I think I think um, all of these are like sort of all of these are almost like stand-ins for character. So I think the the interesting comparison because I'm going to go back to the hyperbole um, because this this is one of the reasons like with with it's, it's it's a subject for punching up because it's been elevated by a lot of this, um, you know, a, a lot of this praise in the nineties as one of the great action cinema movies, possibly like one of the best bits of like action cinema ever made. And you know, to to sort of say that it's better than a dozen diehards, it depends what he means by that. Is he's talking about the sequels? And fair enough, but Die Hard, I I would argue, is a better action film. Um, the action's not as spectacular as the best sequences in Hardboard. And, and I want to talk about one of the sequences and really praise that. Um, but what it has is it's rooted in character in the way that I don't think hardly any John Woo movies uh, of, of, of this of this run of movies are. You know, that, that Bruce Willis is. I mean, he does superheroic things, but the suspension of um, disbelief in Die Hard is that you don't believe that they're superheroic. They believe, you believe he's a tough guy, he's a cop, and he's forced into situations. He's he has this sort of running commentary, which is very charming, very human. He's got a wife out. He's got a wife. Um, he's that he's he's sort of kind of obviously his marriage is on the rocks. He's concerned about his wife, and 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 we have we have great sort of longers in between the action, and when the action comes, it's just about the right length, and 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 you go back to this very very human sort of character. I mean the. Um, the, the 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 Guardian did a I think when Bruce Willis like you know when he, when when it came out he got dementia they did this top twenty Bruce Willis performances and I thought what's going to be number one and they put Die Hard over over anything else and I thought yeah great it should be Die Hard because the reason that film works is because it's beautifully written and it's it's based around a, a, you know a sort of a credible protagonist that that is a believable human being as well as being effectively an action hero you don't get any of that what you get is like a, a series of shorthands no it's like tequila shouts a lot he's got his little match in his mouth um tony lung makes paper cranes um you know he likes jazz so that's a so so that everything's like a stand-in like so he's got culture he's got this and then and then they're not very but even the killer which i do actually like although admittedly i haven't seen it for like you know, almost a couple of decades. You even have these like weird things that kind of slightly upend the action. Like they have these the 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 the, the cop and the killer have these nicknames for each other, Mickey and Dumbo, don't they? You know, they, they call they call each other like Disney character names. And by the end, when they get mm. like shot the bits, they're screaming Mickey, Dumbo. And you think it, it it's silly, 
and it's sort of and it is literally cartoonish and that they're invoking yeah. and, and, it, and it, yeah go on then um this, as far as that mickey and dumbo thing goes yeah. uh that's about the translation um oh is that the, the the version that i saw didn't say mickey and dumbo it had different names like, um, like pikachu like so so it's about who yeah. translated it and which version you saw it's like okay the no no fair enough hard boiled hard boiled that i saw was calling alan um tony leung's character long yeah. so you know it just, obviously depends on that but yeah i hear what you say I mean, I I thought the film was well paced for the most part, and this time round, I think so. When I first when it first came out, I loved it. I saw it again maybe a few years ago, maybe in in lockdown, and um, found it a little bit boring, as you said. Like yeah. just just yeah. there there is nothing to sort of grab onto uh, character wise. Mm-hmm. But this time when I watched it, I just enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a really great ride and. Um, uh, I was on board for the most part, enjoyed uh, Tony Leung. I really enjoyed Anthony Wong. Um, it's nice to see him. I like Anthony Wong. Um, I'd seen him in quite a few films back in the day, done a few Johnny Toe films. Have you seen any of Johnny Toe's? Yeah, I've seen a couple of Johnny Toe films. I yeah, like, um, I've enjoyed the ones I've seen. And famously, he's the, uh, you know, he's, he's like the, uh, the main sort of cop boss in infernal affairs superintendent yeah 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 superintendent yeah you know so no i i i don't know i i thought he he did his job well i just found him i think because i thought i think he's probably filled out later on in life it just he didn't look like a gang boss to me it's almost like his face doesn't have any bones in it and so yeah he seemed which is why i was i was happy that uh mad dog was there as the kind of honorable we need to talk about mad dog Definitely Philip Kwok, he was, yeah. he was the action choreographer, which, which explains why I haven't really seen him in too many other movies, because I thought he was phenomenal. He's a great henchman. Have you seen... Oh, oh I've, um, I've, I've, I've somehow, you somehow tricked me into sort of saying nice things about the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Anthony Wong's suits, they have that sort of 90s feel, like um, late 80s, yeah. early 90s feel, where they're like too big for the body. So yeah. when you're saying he fills out, like he literally just was like, had he been given like a, a more sort of tailored fit, yeah. um, maybe that might have made him, because he doesn't need to be big, a big guy. Um, but, I think but, but, the, but don't you think he's like ca- cartoonishly evil? Oh, yes. If there's any, if there's any civilians to kill, he'll kill them. Yeah, he's got these I great mean, bits in the hospital where he's just like, you know, like like Mad Dog won't kill, won't kill nurses. The nurses, like, yeah. Throws them all down. He's like, I'll kill every, I won't kill nurses. That's the line I won't cross. <laughs> you know, or babies. You know, and and, yeah. and, um, and, and so yeah, I I was I didn't even I like Anthony Wong, but I, I didn't really like him in that. And I just I like Mad Dog. I like Mad Dog and Tony Long, and that was about it. And then everyone else got my nose. And all, what did you think about all this stuff with the the there's, for those who haven't seen the film, there's this kind of really convoluted sort of sequence where um, Tony Leon communicates in 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 Lionel Richie songs, and the, you know the music from Lionel Richie or uh, Nat King Cole songs, and it's just really weird, you know, where you, you've got these yeah. you know, this secretary who's like sort of Chow Yun Fat's on-off girlfriend singing yeah. these notes to. Chow Yun Fat's boss who types. So it just seems a really convoluted and attention grabbing way of sending secret messages are you somewhere feeling lonely or, or someone's loving you? you thank you um yeah. and, and it was accompanied by flowers so it just again it just makes no sense which would be fine if he was just making a cartoon but but he, he's which not. he he's is constantly... he is really no, no, but 
not in his mind. He's not. He's, he's if you yeah. if you read interviews with him, he's he, 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 you know he's, he's he's looking for. Again, it's I come back to this. His reach exceeds his grasp when it comes to like trying to create something profound that 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 that, that sort of that, that sort of explores the nature of honor and morality in a in a in a, in a sort of potentially amoral um, profession, either being a cop. Or a kill, or killers immoral, you know, and I like how people can sort of, you know, and his, his thing is like there are, you know, there, you know, there's there's good in everyone, and you know, and it's and it's quite a, it's quite a simplistic morality, um, and and I don't think he's a sort of very morally complex storyteller. So I'll tell you the the, the this, you, you're going to hate me for this. You, you, I'll tell you the 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 John Woo film I had the best time with recently is Hard Target, his Van Damme movie. And 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 this this goes back to uh, you know the, the the first episode of this new series. Like I watched Inception, and um, didn't have a very good time with Inception. Um, and and I just taped Hard Target off the telly and and sort of put Hard Target on afterwards, after in, after the pretensions of Inception, and it was just such a palate cleanser because it, it had no it had no ambition other than to be a really entertaining cartoon. With Van Damme front and center, and and an even better version of Mad Dog in Arnold Vosloo just before he becomes the mummy, you know, in the Brendan Fraser mummy movies, as this sort of really, really cartoonishly nasty South African hunter of men in New Orleans, and and it's ninety minutes, and the action sequences don't go on too long, and it's such good fun, and I and, and this this is, this is almost cinema blasphemy. I enjoyed it a lot more than Hard Boiled, which has more ambition. And I have to say, um, at its best, has one of the best action sequences I've seen in in a long time. So, can I just briefly praise it? What which is which is the one the one action sequence in in Hardball? Do you think I really really enjoyed? And it relates to our last episode. Uh, so, there's the one in the factory at the start. There's the one in the hospital at the end, and then there's something it's, in the it's middle. Part, I'll give you clues, but it's part of the hospital shootout. So, the hospital shootout goes on for about thirty five minutes. So, there's so many different sort of sort of chapters and sequences. Was it in the gun um, cache or was it the baby? No, no, no. It, it's the it's the uninterrupted take where Tony Young and Chow Young oh. Fat clean out an entire corridor. Of gangsters, yeah, 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 yeah. Get in a lift. The lift opens and they clean out a second corridor of gangsters, all done in one take. And I was thinking mm. they have to have cheated the edit on that. But reading about it, they didn't. And 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 what they did was they you know. They they built this set with with, an, un, unlike uh, one cut of the dead where you know you know deliberately as it turns out you can see the joints you can see where actors are ducking out um, nothing violent that happens looks real in this they're literally blasting out chunks they're stuntmen are being shot through windows and they're they're they're, they're, ripped, they're blowing chunks of the uh, and so it didn't surprise me that that, that Tony Young nearly got blinded by flying bits of glass because they're, they're 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 decimating this corridor. And then they're going into this like fake elevator, and and then they're giving the illusion that the elevator's going down. But so so there's this like little hiatus where I think they're reloading, and in all that time they're literally in real time rebuilding the set. And then the the the, the, the and, and I didn't like I didn't like it just because it was a sort of you know you think well how did they do that? Because I think then then the, then the sequence hasn't worked. You got to be in the sequence, but but you're kind of in it, but you're outside of it, watching this phenomenal one take gun battle that takes place over two corridors. And then, and then, and then afterwards, or, or there's a little part of your brain think, how on earth did they did that? That's so exhilarating, and that's John Woo at his best. 
And there's no characterization in it. It's just a brilliantly staged gun battle. And I wish if they'd been a little bit more economy in, in not making every set piece last like 20 minutes or half an hour or 10 minutes. And and, and, and we'd be just be left with like fewer sequences, but sequences like that. And the sort of characterization that you get in, in the film that we've mentioned, uh, Infernal Affairs, it would have been absolutely brilliant. But I, 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 I'm not sure at that point in his career it was within John Woo's ability to create something that was genuinely like Melville, uh, Jean-Pierre Melville, um, you know, with all with all the, you know, kind of introspection of the gangsters and then producing action sequences like Peckinpah. If he could have married those two like that, which is what he wanted to, it would have been brilliant, but he mm. can't do it at that point. I think I think maybe he acquired the ability a little bit later on and we can, we can talk about other John Woo films, if you like. I was wanted to talk about Philip Kwok, um, who was the stunt coordinator for a film called Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Have you oh, seen yeah, yeah, that? Yeah. No, seen no, no, I, I know it's reputation as one of the most violent, well, perhaps the yeah. most violent Kung Fu movie. It's got people's jaws being punched off. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. it's brilliant. Is it like a pr- really cut? Is it a prison cut- movie? Yeah, cartoon-esque prison movie. Um, yeah. Very funny, very entertaining. Uh, uh, tight 90 minutes as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Philip Kwok appears uh, as a character early on in the film as well, which was one of the films that I re-watched within this. Yeah. So, I re-watched, so I watched A Better Tomorrow, which was yeah. okay. I suppose that was the first of the heroic bloodshed films, yeah. wasn't it? And the first of John yeah. Woo. Um, the Killer, which was okay. Again, it's got some nice little sequences. Um I wasn't as engaged as I was with Hard Boiled. I don't think the editing was as tight. I, I feel that the the narrative or the the journey of the film in Hard Boiled like paces along quite well. Yes, there mm. might not be a great deal of characterization, but I, I I followed it. I I enjoyed it. I was on the journey. Um, one thing I'd like to talk about very briefly is like the editing. I'm reading yeah. uh, Walter Murch and Michael Ondaatje. Is that how you pronounce his name? Ondaatje, yeah. Ondaatje, like the, the, the guy that the guy that wrote the English patient. Yeah, the conversations. Michael, yeah. Did you ever read yeah. it? No. Um, I'm reading that at the moment and it's brilliant and I definitely highly recommend it. Um, he's recutting uh, Apocalypse Now, uh, the Redux version. Yeah. But he's talking about editing and talking about the the art of editing. The editors are some people that you know don't really get as much um, praise as they should do. And I think that a great deal of the film, like they say, like a film can be, uh, and a performance can be made or broken with an edit. Mm. I think the editing in Hard Boiled is great. It, it just, it, it, moves you along it moves you along nicely and you and you seem to you follow it you know he 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 john woo edited it with um i'm going to name check them now uh, three other people archick kit waikai and david woo so there were four yeah. editors on um hard boiled and there were also about four editors on apocalypse now uh, which is interesting yeah. um I, yeah i think the editing is great uh, the, when you're talking about action sequences, it's not just about how it's filmed; it's about how it's snipped together. Oh no, I know and that. I'm, and and I'm oh, sorry. No, sorry. Right. Uh, I was going to just say uh, there's a, a sequence in what was the second Daniel Craig uh, Bond film? Oh, Quantum of Solace. 
maybe it's that there was a uh, there was an action sequence edited like terribly i can't i don't know what's going on i don't know where we are i don't know what's happening and i feel that in hard boiled that's not the case i feel that it pretty much you know even though it shouldn't really make sense it kind of works um as a as a piece that's my opinion um i thought but yeah no i, I think yeah i think i think as 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 a as a piece of action choreography yeah i just think i just think the sequences go on too long they're uh, they just go on too long, really. And and can, can I can I tell you my John? We saw how I first um, discovered John. Well, I didn't discover John, but I knew who he was. But why didn't actually? I I saw these posters around Chinatown. I was sort of living in London with John Woo is God, and then, and then obviously I you know I sort of read, I I was kind of aware who who he was because hard, hard Target was coming out, Hard Boy was coming out. But then in Chinatown, they did a in, in the Prince Charles Cinema, they did the John Woo Triple Bell, and mm. John Woo was in attendance. So I've I've sort of seen John Woo. Right, and I and I bought a ticket, not really knowing that much other than like the reputation of Hard Boiled. I'd read the the kind of the the five star review, probably actually read that better than a dozen Die Hards review as it came out. And my experience of watching a John Woo triple bill is like my experience of actually watching Hard Boiled, three films condensed into one. I that they had a better tomorrow, a bullet to the head, which is this very very long sort of Vietnam crime film, and then. It was the killer, and and I, I just I'd never experienced this before. I love action cinema. It made, made it be evident, like talking, you know, like negatively about this film. But I love action cinema, and I sat through uh, a Better Tomorrow and a Bullet to the Head, and I thought, I don't know if I want to see anybody get shot anymore. <laughs> I got real action fatigue. Maybe you shouldn't watch these films back to back. And then, uh, and I can't remember if John Woo came out before the killer or after it. I can't. I genuinely can't remember. It's lovely, lovely Q and A, and I thought I really like this man. And I was I was delighted to find out that he was he was a Christian because because I am and you know he's a Christian that makes really violent films and I'm a Christian that likes really violent films and and and, and he did this lovely Q and A and then I don't know if it's because it might it might have been before the killer and it must it must have had a little bit of a breather and then I found the killer exhilarating and so it's a little bit like that was like a microcosm of watching all of Hard Boiled because um, Hard Boiled I found the first sort of two thirds of it exhausting and this and, time. I, and i wasn't oh yeah this time yeah yeah and i wasn't and, that, and that, that's you know i think i think that had been my 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 experience in the past i, I like found it exhausting i thought there's no characterization virtually no characterization there's chow yun fat just being wildly annoying no one's addressing the fact that in the opening shootout he, which he initiates mm. everyone in that tea house gets killed so he's responsible for killing loads of innocent civilians and then and cops you know, yeah, and, and, and a cop. That's, yeah, but, but that's interesting. That's something that they don't really play on. He, he, he kills an undercover cop, which I think is the most interesting thing he does. Yeah. And it doesn't really bother him. It bothers him superficially, but it doesn't really bother him. But And then, and then you have these like big set pieces. Um, and then when we get to the hospital, which which is my... So, so if you imagine the first two thirds of the film being like, you know, Better Tomorrow and the very, very exhausting um, A Bullet to the Head yeah. put together. And, and I, I just thought, Oh, we're coming up to this like big, massive gunfight at the end. I just, I'm, I'm tired. I, just, I don't want to watch this anymore. And then I kind of got my second win with it. And I had to have to say, I really enjoyed the last 35 minutes of the film, especially that one, you know, where Chow Yun Fat and, and Tony mm. Long are just basically wiping out uh, two corridors worth of gangsters. And uh, yeah, so that, that's that's my that, that 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 has been consistently my experience with with John Woo movies. And I have to say. I never really enjoyed even 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 Face Off to an extent, which which a lot of people say is the most Wu esque of of his American movies. 
and I never really found any of them completely satisfying in the way that I wanted to, uh, apart from the rewatch of, of Hard Target, which probably disqualifies me from the conversation. <laughs> and, the, and the podcast as well, mate. And the podcast. It replaced. <laughs> I've never seen was, Hard Target. It was a Jean-Claude Van Damme's chance boot. It's got I have to say it's got the worst line of any 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 anything. I mean it's it's worse than, than Mickey and Dumbo because you can't you can't make the excuse translation there's a bit, a bit there's, a, there's a brilliant bit he's called chance boudreau which he has to be to just justify the fact that he's got this french accent yeah um and they go why why did they call you chance and he goes because my mama took one like that <laughs> it's just and i thought you can't mitigate against that there's like bad subtitles that that's a, <laughs> that's a man speaking english that um, was written in english for him to speak and it's just the worst line appallingly delivered yeah, I love that film. I love Hard Target. Um, I okay, think can, the can, only... Can, oh. on, let me speak for a second, no, no, just a, a, a minute, and then you can go back onto it. Um, All right. I, <laughs> Hard Target, I haven't seen. Face Off, I saw. Um, what were the other... What was the other... Uh, Wind, Wind Talkers. That was the one. That's the one everyone forgets. Um, no. Broken Array. No, um, I don't even think I saw that. I think yeah, Face Mission Off was Impossible the only two, American. which I, I really, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed that. that actually, that was very good. That has that has doves in it, and yeah. um, and it has that great shot where um, uh, Tom Cruise catches a blade. So I think I think that Do Grace Scott, but they've got that great. I think it's Do Grace Scott tries to stab him, and he and he catches the knife in his hands, and the blade is like a fraction of an inch from his eyeball. It's just a great held shot that's that's a shot i remember and then and then and then i think he started to go wrong with him he did a van damme no not a van damme film a dolph lundgren film i can't remember what it was called and then he did like payback with ben affleck and then sort of you know the bottom fell out commercially for him and he went back to hong kong which is a nice way of talking about the other john woo movie i watched red cleft um which as we were talking before we started recording this um, you reminded me that it was it was originally made in two parts. It's a historical action movie, again starring Tony Leung. Uh was supposed to be starring Ch Chow Yun Fat, but they were probably I think there's a little bit of a fallout there. Um and, and it's about uh, you know a very significant battle in China's history, sort of medieval battle that I know absolutely nothing about. And I loved it. I loved it so much. And I and I saw and I thought the idea of like a, a very stately um like two-part historical epic um just sounds great you know because it's and i i figured like you know he learned the lessons you know he corrected the errors of of uh of, of hard-boiled and and it was so beautifully contained in its acting and and the characters really well delineated and there was lots of very interesting talk about strategy and honor and you know and 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 because it's got Tony Leung front and centre, who's a, who's a very uh, we haven't really talked about how good an actor he is, and like he's in great. the nineties and early noughties, I would say he was the kind of king of world cinema, possibly yeah. one of the best actors on the planet. You know, especially with yeah. his work with Wong Kar Wai, and you know, um, yeah, things like uh, In the Mood for Love and Lust Caution and stuff like that. He's an outstanding actor, and very very still, very quiet actor. Mm. And he and he and he hold, he's, he's 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 kind of the, you know, he, he he kind of holds the film together with this sort of very quiet sort of um, you know kind of strategic 
way of being 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 a warrior and and, and that's not to say and, and the combat is beautiful combat is so beautifully done and they're incredibly long but it's a battle it's supposed to be long these incredibly long sort of um beautifully choreographed bits of bit, bits of action and they are over the top you know because it's still a even though it's just kind of a, a historic um epic it's still a chinese action movie so all of the characters do things that are kind of humanly impossible but i didn't mind any of that and i just thought it was you know, it was a corrective to all the things that annoyed me about about um, about hard boiled. I thought it was just a beautifully made historical action movie with some absolutely exhilarating battle sequences. Nice, um, yeah. Tony Leung. Just as we were just talking about him, um, the first film that Tony Leung ever did was Game of Death in 1978. Really? Yeah, he what, on his what, IMDb. I didn't know that. He's like he must be like 15. I think he was born in 62. So yeah. 78, 77, so it'd be 15 or 16. I don't know what part yeah. he played, like some young kid. Um, but I thought that's a pretty cool way to start your career. Um, yeah. his final film. Um, well, kind Infernal of. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 ghoul, the ghoulish exploitation yeah, yeah. of, of, of uh, Bruce Lee's uh, death. But I, I still yeah. love Game It's David. Yeah. Just got some great sequences, you know, the, the um, yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sequences. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Infernal Affairs is is a better film than Hard Boiled. I'll yeah, give yeah, hands, hands down. I mean, it's 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 constructed better, as you say. There's more characterization. It looks better. I did like the music in Hard Boiled. Um, well, is, isn't the music? I was wondering if they just lifted the music off of either command. This this is the kettle drum music, isn't it? In um, Hard, in Hard Boiled. Boiled. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it sounded like a complete lift, and I, I didn't look into this of, of the soundtrack of Forty Eight Hours or Commando. So, so I just wondered if they just nicked the music. It didn't. It didn't seem like it seemed just like stolen to me. I mean, I, I don't know if it was. Um, I'm not saying it was, but but yeah, I mean, it was so flagrantly, um, almost like beat for beat to the point of plagiarism, referencing, you know, the you know sort of you know like Walter Hill. 1980s action music specifically um, you know or, or rather Joel Silver the producer actually you know so so it just sounded so much like the music for Commando and or 48 Hours to the point where I thought yeah I do like this music but the reason I like this because I think they've lifted it from, yeah you know, you know a better 80s action movie in 48 Hours and a more entertaining it's... one in Commando which which is a cartoon you know so you know but they know it's a cartoon Michael Gibbs was the guy who did the soundtrack to Hard Boil, but it's All actually right. it's a it's a full soundtrack of Hard Boil. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. It yeah, just seemed know. that, but not not that that's necessarily a bad thing. I recently watched Reanimator, so it's it's weird what it's weird what what annoys you if if the whole, if the film annoys you everything about or if I'm like everything yeah. about it annoys me. Yeah. Oh, they ripped the music off. But but I've re recently sort of um, uh, I've, I've been on a journey with Stuart Gordon horror movies, and the. The, the the theme to reanimator is like shamelessly shamelessly rips off bernard herman's psycho theme to the point right. where i think bernard herman's widow said to uh, uh, richard brand the composer of reanimator if bernard herman was alive today he'd kick your ass and they were going to put in they were going to put in a disclaimer actually saying apologies to bernard herman after but it just got it got taken off the credits and so that mm. that that left that, that that laid the the composer open to a lifelong um cycle of abuse by bernard herman fans for like uh 
<laughs> for like ripping off the psycho theme, just sticking it over uh, the credits of uh, Reanimator. That, that's an aside. But I don't mind because I really like Reanimator. There was a game called Stranglehold that was uh, oh, I played sequel it. to Hardboard. Yeah, there you go. I played it Chai twice. I played, I played it. Nice. I, yeah. Sorry. I played Not it on hard. And, and, and do you know? Do you know what? I you, because it's because it, it's a because it's a computer game. This is this again. I'm gonna. There's a backhanded. Well, there's a backhanded insult in the compliment to Stranglehold. I enjoyed it much more as a computer game than I did Hardboiled as a film because mm. what it is. And I think Hardboiled essentially is a computer game masquerading as a drama. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. it, it's massively influenced gaming. Uh, after it yeah. came out, I think there's loads of yeah. sequences that are massive homages. I mean, I think Max yeah. Payne, like the Stranglehold, didn't do as well as it should have done, and I think Max Payne. No, it did it. I enjoyed Hardboiled this time around. I don't know that I'm going to see it again anytime soon, but yeah. uh, I will definitely probably see a sequence or two. Um, I think we should wrap it up now. Would you like to tell the listeners uh, what the next film's going to be? We're going to sort of, in, in, a, in a sideways way, stick with Asian cinema, but we're going to look at a remake of a film that we've mentioned in this episode. The remake of Infernal Affairs, Martin Scorsese's, the film that he eventually, after much, much snubberage, um, got his Oscar for, uh, The Departed. Um, we have to apologise to Martin Scorsese <laughs> because it was never our intention to do... Yeah. We've only done... How many episodes have we done by the time this comes out? Like 10, yeah, yeah. Uh, including Minisode. And three of them will have been aimed at Martin Scorsese. Um, we actually say, like I said, we do like Martin Scorsese. I love Martin Scorsese. I think he's a brilliant yeah, director. And, and he's and one like of we, totally my favourite directors. A, yeah, we both, yeah, we both acknowledge that he's an absolute master. And, and this is actually Damien's suggestion, not mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damien, potentially you're going to be the bad guy. Yeah. And we're going to look at The Departed, the remake of Infernal Affairs, starring Jack Nicholson, Leonardo DiCaprio, Ray Mark Winston. Wahlberg. Ray Winston, <laughs> Matt Damon, and, and a host of other character actors. Um, yeah, we'll yeah. see you next time for The Departed. The Departed. Well, um, until the next time, a bit of housekeeping. Thanks very much for listening, as always. Um, give us a subscribe, a like, tell your mates. Uh, at one point, we might get over five viewers, and that would be great. Yeah, we might, we we might, we might get an email. Even if you want to like abuse us, um, we'd love us. Yeah, we'd love it. We just, we just need the attention. Punching up movie podcast at gmail.com. Email us until the next time. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, good, good, good. Yeah, you, you're welcome. <laughs> Bye from England. <laughs> Goodbye from Sydney, Australia. Submission has been completed. Groovy.